0: I
1: went to a marvelous party. Max, most people don't even know the facts. <laughs> they go with their gut, don't, don't have
0: the facts. The only thing your gut cares entire about is money. <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine, you first,
0: Eric. Eric yeah! Live from the beautiful Grove Shopping Center in glamorous Los Angeles, California, The Dinner Party Show presents A Very TDPS Christmas, hosted by, oh, really?
3: Where's Mario Lopez? I thought they filmed extra here.
0: Hosted by Jordan Ampersand and God knows who else, and featuring the classic sketches from The Dinner Party Show celebrating our most favorite time of year. And now, I give you, with me... Both hands, well, one because the other is holding my nose, your host, Jordan Ampersand.
3: Hi, party people, and welcome to A Very TDPS Christmas, hosted by me, the amazing critic at large for the dinner party show, Jordan Ampersand. I
0: already covered this, Jordan. Um,
3: don't you have a dog show to go narrate or something? I believe this is it. bow. Wow. Whatever. Anyway, for those 10 people who actually listen to the dinner party show, you know that my bestie Fitzpatrick recently returned from New York City because the drugs there were too expensive and he had a lot of weird hallucinations that he keeps talking about that I don't understand. And I threatened to kill myself if he didn't come back. Anyway, Fitzpatrick is currently eating out of a snow machine. So I'm also joined by my other bestie, Natasha, and her new Madonna accent. I'm amazing. Oh, that's getting old. Why are we on the roof of Nordstrom? So we can check out all the hot Eastern European guys working the stands below.
1: Merry Christmas. Buy manicure set or I kill your family.
3: Ew, they must be Russian. Their energy isn't
1: good for my scarf.
3: Fitzpatrick, are you done eating out of that snow machine? Natasha's being weird. What's happening down there? Natasha, you're a stylist. Stop talking and just look pretty, or else you'll ruin my Christmas special. Look pretty? We're on the radio. Oh, God, you're a terrible co-host. Fitzpatrick, stop eating big snow and come help me. A large elf is crying, and the other elves are making fun of him. We have
1: to go see what's wrong, Jordan.
3: We're in the middle of a special! That elf is so sad. That elf is fat.
0: Go see what's wrong, Jordan, and I'll pitch the first sketch.
3: I don't take direction from the announcer.
0: You will if you want some of the oxy I'm taking to get through this without shoving you off the roof.
3: Deal. Let's go see what's wrong with this elf. We'll
0: return here to the Grove in just a few. But now, the dinner party show continues its assault on this most special holiday. And who better to ruin Christmas than a lesbian from the Bay Area? Here she is, Miss Buzz Kilton. Take it away, Buzz. Here once again to teach us how the power of free expression can be used to destroy ideas she finds personally threatening, it's our Bay Area culture critic, Buzz Kilton.
1: Good evening, I'm Buzz Kilton, and this is the Bay Area Culture Report, special winter solstice edition. A dark fog has descended on the city I call home, the city where I share a LEED silver-certified bungalow in the Berkeley Hills with my partner Shoheini and our adopted daughter Jamaica Hisu. Far from being one of the usual fogs so common to this area, this particular darkness is festooned with blinking red and green lights, and from its shadows come the cloying yet soul-destroying strains of countless songs which attempt to glamorize the personal failure of so many who have yet to overcome the entanglements of their families of origin. Christmas. "'in all its crass, glittery displays. "'It is impossible for Shoheini and I not to see "'its blinking lights and strands of tinsel "'as anything other than tears shed "'by a young woman named Mary "'upon learning that she had been sexually enslaved "'by a patriarchal cloud monster "'who claimed credit for most of the natural wonders "'created by the great spirit of the Navajo people.' Christmas, a holiday when all the world gathers to celebrate the fact that a baby boy marked for death from birth was forced from the womb of an unconsenting mother. A baby boy, I might add, who despite his later penchant for truisms and miracles, chose to spend his formative years acting out his hostile impulses on pieces of wood with sharp implements. An often overlooked fact, which leads us to the question, was his eventual crucifixion a tragic end or a sadomasochistic fantasy fulfilled? What child is this, indeed? Christmas. Is it possible for the truly enlightened and educated to look upon a nativity scene and not see a kind of bestial gang rape? Is it possible to listen to Christmas carols and not hear the call of alcoholic parents attempting to lure their innocent children back into nests of dysfunction and abuse with garishly wrapped electronics? Christmas. In our house we have banned the word. Instead, we celebrate the winter solstice. At noon, on Friday, December twenty first, I instructed our precious daughter Jamaica to climb to the roof of our bungalow and lift a mirror above her head so that she might capture the rays of the sun as it rises to its lowest annual point above the horizon. At that very moment, Shoheini and I pulled a black veil from a very special painting we had set up on an easel in our xeriscaped backyard, and Jamaica shifted the mirror so that the sun's reflected rays fell upon the beautiful, sacred image we had just revealed. The painting is by our friend Pam Rawlings and it depicts a traditional image of the Virgin Mary astride a Harley Davidson. Virgin on a Hog, it's called, and even though Shohaini threatened to leave me, if I ever hung the painting on our wall after Pam gave it to us during the Get Up With Women retreat a few years back, we have managed to build a ceremony of sorts around it, which we make a point of videotaping so we can send it to Pam when she asks us if we're still keeping the painting in the garage behind our kayak, which we are, but not during the winter solstice, but Pam doesn't need to know that, which I have told Jamaica, and Shoheini many, many times. Once Jamaica's arms, tired of holding the mirror above her head and re-channeling Gaia's solar energy onto the painting below, Shoheini crawled up onto the roof and released our beautiful daughter from the modified skydiving harness we had used to secure her to the chimney. And then it was time for the exchange of true gifts. I bequeathed "'a special shovel to both my wife and daughter "'and instructed them that several precious surprises "'awaited them underneath the new fennel plants "'I had placed throughout the yard. "'After several hours of digging, "'my wife and daughter sat cross-legged in the dirt, "'surveying the gifts I had sown for them. "'No shiny, tasteless electronic gadgets in this celebration.' No, to both of them I had given several brightly painted rocks, to which I had taped generous descriptions of how they could both be more loving and compassionate towards me in the new year. A long, plaintive silence settled over our backyard, and my wife, Shohaini, beheld me with an unwavering gaze, which, in its complete divorce from forced sentiment, or any kind of smile at all, conveyed to me my loving partner's profound respect for my hard-fought individuality. And so, there it is, a winter holiday devoid of celestial rape or crass commercialism. I commend such an experience to you, listeners.
2: On second thought, I command it. dinner party show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Everyone gets served. Welcome back to a very TDPS Christmas, where it looks like our
0: host, Jordan Ampersand, is about to get beaten up by some elves. How fitting. Let's listen in.
3: Christmas elves, stop beating up your friend, and stop throwing fake snowballs, and stop making sounds like you're about to eat somebody's face. He's not our friend. That's right. We don't want him around anymore. That's so mean! Oh yeah? You're an elf and you're mean. (laughs) I am not an elf. I am a hot young bottom in a Santa cap. There's a big difference. Whatever.
1: Puffy's not a real elf. Real elves don't eat anything except for snow. Puffy
0: eats everything.
3: That's what we call him. Puffy the Christmas elf. <laughs> puffy, Puffy. Puffy, Puffy. Puffy, Puffy. puffy, puffy, puffy. <laughs> Stop it, all of you. I am so disappointed in you. This elf is just like you. He's a freak mutant child of Spock with some kind of gland problem. Why are there elves here? Natasha, I've got this. No, seriously. There's no Santa anywhere. Why are there elves...
0: Did we already take that OxyContin? I did, and I'm having a much better time. Thank you. Jordan, you're an absolute peach. Oh,
3: great. Our announcer's trying to get in my pants. Good thing you're wearing a skirt. Okay, that's not what this is, but whatever. Christmas in L.A. is warm. Why
0: don't you kids take Puffy the Christmas Elf over to the cafe at Nordstrom and get him something to cheer him
3: up. All right. Come on, puppy. Anything to get away from our announcer.
0: <laughs> we'll return to the grove in sunny Los Angeles in just a few moments. But first, it's not just holiday traditions that get boiled here at the dinner party show, but religion as well. And so, just in time for the birthday of Jesus, here's Christmas. Christopher and Eric's remarkably bitchy take on that classic Christian poem, Footprints in the Sand. And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's connection to spiritual traditions from the world over, we've produced a dramatization of the classic essay by Catherine Merriweather on the nature of her personal connection to Jesus Christ. The essay is called, What's All That Stuff in the Sand? A couple nights ago, I dreamt that the Lord
1: came to dinner at our beach house on Cape Cod. He had never been to the Cape before, so Douglas and I served him a delicious meal out on our back deck. Afterwards, the Lord and I sat alone, and when I looked down at the beach, I saw two sets of footprints. In my heart, I knew that one of them belonged to me, and the other belonged to my Lord and Savior but every few yards or so, there was some kind of mess all over the sand. I didn't know what it was. It looked like some kids had gone crabbing in the middle of the night. I was so confused. I was tempted to ask the Lord what it meant, but he was playing Angry Birds on his iPhone, and I didn't want to be rude. But finally, I just couldn't take it. I said, Lord, I know in my heart those footprints along the sand belong to the two of us. I know this because you promised me that if I put my faith in you, Lord, you would walk with me always. Nobody said anything about us always being on the beach, but I hear you work in mysterious ways, so I'll just go with it. But my point is, every few yards or so, the footprints just go nuts. I mean, what is all that stuff in the sand? It looks like somebody drove a truck back
0: and forth over the beach. And the Lord said, Oh, girl. Where do I start? Uh, See that first patch there where it kind of looks like a figure eight that's been broken in half? That's where you thought it would be a good idea to stop taking the pill without telling your husband because you thought a kid was going to fix your marriage. And see the next patch where it looks like a bunch of birds got into a fight over a donut hidden under a sandcastle? That's the time when you got really lonely because the kid hadn't fixed it, and you thought it would be a good idea to invite the gas man in for a glass of water one afternoon. A glass of water with Stoli in it. I told the Lord I got the point, but he oh, kept going. And see that mess right there where it looks like someone was digging a trench down to the surf line before they got attacked by a shark? That's when you accused your husband of starting the fire in the backyard with one of his old parliaments, Even though you knew your kid had been smoking weed out there with his friends the night before. Look, Catherine, you're right, I'm always walking with you, whether you see me or not. That means when you do something really stupid, I'm right there next to you. And since I'm not allowed to carry a frying pan down here, that means that I've got to use what I have at my disposal. So, If the footprints start to look a little weird to you, Catherine, it's because I tried my best to kick some sense into you.
1: And that was the last time I ever interrupted the Lord while he was playing Angry Birds.
2: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good taste gone bad. And now we return to the Grove Shopping Mall in beautiful Los Angeles where host
3: Jordan Anderson... Oh my God, announcer man, we're inside Nordstrom. Can you give it a rest? What, are you following
0: us? I'm over in the shoe section. They have some...
3: Great deals! Whatever. Uh, My friend Natasha, who's being super opinionated now that she has a microphone, and I, are sitting in the cafe at Nordstrom talking to Puffy the Christmas elf who is still crying. Puffy, why are you crying? Are you crying because you're fat? He's not fat, Jordan. He's just bigger than the other elves. Um, newsflash. Elves are supposed to be small. If he's a big elf, he's fat. Why are you being so awful to someone who is sad and can't defend himself on Christmas? Christmas is the time to face up to the fact that if you gain a bunch of weight, your family won't love you and you won't be invited back next Christmas.
1: you don't listen to this talking cum stain. Talk to us about what you're going through. Oh, holidays are just so hard on us elves.
4: After all, we're responsible for bringing the Christmas cheer to
3: everyone. Actually, that's Santa's job.
4: That's true, but either way, it makes an elf want to eat. And it doesn't matter how many times the other elves sing... Puffy, the Christmas elf. Put those cards back on the shelf. I've still got a lot on my mind. Will all the toys be finished in time for Christmas Eve? Are those strange-smelling trailers out back how Santa makes all of his money? Will I have to go to work in one if I mix up the iPads with the Kindle Fires
3: again? We get it, being an elf sucks, but that's no excuse to eat more than one meal a week. One meal a week? Oh, stop acting like it's such a big deal. Just go visit one of Santa's weird-smelling trailers. They'll set you up and you'll be smiley like Miley. Sometimes I feel like the only person who gains weight at the holidays. You are. Jordan, what's wrong with you? Everyone in the world gains weight at the holidays. Why are you being such a judgmental, hag faced bitch? Because I've never been sober around you for longer than five minutes, and it's horrible. Then why are you sober?
1: Puffy. The holidays are a stressful time for us all. Being around family can be challenging, especially when we're older and trying to make our own identity. People also have different beliefs about what the holiday really means. Sometimes those beliefs are about religion,
3: and sometimes
1: they're about other things.
3: Um, wait, where are you going with this? Sometimes, Puffy.
1: People can become convinced of stuff that's just not true. Like how you've been convinced you're not good enough because you stress eat during the holidays. And sometimes, people are just stupid.
3: Hey, wait, no. Sometimes
1: they can be convinced that reindeer no, no, are no, no, harboring a very special secret. No, 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 we said we weren't going to run this secret. report again,
3: and I shouldn't have told the story, and it got me into trouble, and no, yes, no. Yes,
1: yes, relax and listen, Puffy. Announcer, are you there?
0: Bitch! Indeed, I'm in the fragrance section now. Have you sampled this new cologne from Tom Ford? It's supposed to smell like plums rolled in his partner's ball sweat. Ew! It's not so bad. Anyway, here with his classic Christmas report on the non-existent secret of reindeer, it's critic-at-large Jordan
3: Ampersand. Hi, hookers. I'm Jordan Ampersand, and I'm here to tell you the meaning of Christmas. Uh, No.
0: Actually, you're not.
3: I'm not. No,
0: you're here to describe what Christmas means to you personally. No one is asking you to define the meaning of one of the most important and widely observed holidays on the planet. Least of all, me.
3: Okay, but you're going to put on the Santa suit, right?
0: Oh, no, I'm not. Why not? It's a radio show, Jordan. No one can see us.
3: Um, hello. You have cameras on the wall. That's to catch
0: you if you steal
3: anything. You are so mean. That's what I'm calling my segment now, the meanies of Christmas. And you are the biggest one, Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: Jordan, it was with great trepidation that I allowed you to be part of our Christmas special here at the dinner party show. And so, I implore you, please prove my worst expectations wrong.
3: I like how you talk like someone in one of those old-timey plays I couldn't stay awake for in high school.
0: I like how you didn't stay awake for any of high school.
3: You are the meanie of Christmas. Don't you have
0: a really long, drawn-out, mortifying story to tell? I do. Let's go to it, then.
3: Okay, cue the sleigh bells. Last Christmas, money from my reality show appearances was running low, like totally gone low. But I had been sleeping with a guy who likes to read stuff, and he had told me about this funny book written by some funny writer about how he worked as a department store Santa Claus. Now, the writer was really rich, and even funnier, and lived in Paris, and he was...
0: David the- Sedaris. Who? The writer's name was David Sedaris. How long are those sleigh bells going to keep ringing?
3: Until you keep quiet? Fine. Okay, so remembering the funny book by the funny writer that this guy I had been sleeping with had mentioned to me once, I decided I would get a job as a department store elf. And then, once funny things happened to me, I would call the guy that I had been sleeping with who had mentioned the funny book, and I'd get him to write the book about it. But after he signed over everything to me so I got all the money and could star in the movie.
0: I swear to God, if you have a movie deal, I will get.
3: Do you want the sleigh bells to stop or not? Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Unfortunately, the Beverly Center had all the elves they needed for hunky Santa, so I was forced <laughs> to look elsewhere for Christmas time employment. Uh. My journey brought me to a new pet store on Melrose where Santa Claus was actually St. Bernarda Claus, but that was kind of a disaster so I should move on to the next part oh, of the story. I the don't
0: industry. think so. What happened at the pet store, Jordan?
3: Well, St. Bernarda Claus was actually a giant St. Bernard in a Santa hat who uh. had allegedly been trained to take gifts out of a giant box of uh his front paws and give them to children who'd been waiting in line while their parents bought dog food. Uh-oh. And he was kind of sort of good at it when he wasn't vomiting.
0: Okay, and the disaster?
3: Well, one day he got bored and he ran off into the street with something in his mouth. What was it? Well, it was kind of a child, and I didn't notice because I was texting.
0: Oh, my God. The dog ran into the street with a child in his mouth, and you didn't do anything? I
3: did do something. I texted my friend Fitzpatrick. Oh, Oh. my God. St. Bernardoclus just ran into the street with a child in his mouth. Jordan, please tell me you did more than that. Turn off those (laughs) goddamn sleigh bells. Whatever. The child was fine. St. Bernardoclus didn't bite down, and he came back once the owner of the store pulled out a taser.
0: And I'm the meanie of Christmas.
3: But anyway, that was not the right place for me to spread Christmas cheer. And mm. they got mad when I modified the costume. Oh, Jesus. Well, I didn't modify the costume myself. I had my friend Fitzpatrick do it. Very He's the professional. director of visual styling at the Ross Store Van Nuys location, thank you. And we deliberately modified my elf costume to showcase a pet project he has been working on in his fashion land. I
0: guess I'm supposed to ask what the pet project it's is. It's a
3: new line of men's underwear targeted to the gay is. market, but really? not limited to the gay market and it involves a strategic use of piano wire and gene therapy to support and augment if necessary your male endowment. I'm sorry, gene therapy? Yes, the piano wire has been modified with human DNA to not only lift and protect your essentials but also to sense a craving for carbs which will cause it to sink gradually into your flesh acting as a deterrent.
0: How hi were you when Fitzpatrick convinced you to buy this insane underwear? I don't
3: think that's an appropriate question for a Christmas special. Oh,
0: but turning yourself into a slutty elf at a pet store is totally appropriate. A
3: sexy elf. Oh, sexy, not slutty. Unlike you, I am a sex positron.
0: I believe you're trying to say you're sex positive, Jordan, and it's a perfectly accurate term for those who seek an active and healthy sex life without trouncing on other people's personal boundaries uh, in the process.
3: back to my story before listening to you ages me 10 years. Okay. So after St. Bernard de Clause did that thing with the child, Uh I called the guy who I had slept with who had liked books and stuff and had told me about the department store Santa book that he'd read and I asked him if he wanted to write about me in the pet store.
0: And what did he say? He
3: was all mean. He was like, why did you sleep with my friend while we were dating and why did you lie to everyone and tell them I tried to drown you? He
0: didn't try to drown you?
3: In my dream he did and dreams are a metaphor for life.
0: And did you sleep with his friend while you were dating him?
3: Again, I don't find this line of questioning appropriate for a Christmas special. I don't find you appropriate for a Christmas special. That's because I haven't gotten to the meaning of Christmas yet, meaning of Christmas. Get there, quickly. Okay, so I was really upset after the guy was so mean to me about lying about him to everyone and sleeping with his friend. Uh And I really needed to be with Fitzpatrick but his parents were in town and they're kind of conservative and they had taken him out to a nice dinner at Chaconis which I guess is a nice place.
0: Oh, my God, Jordan. I really know
3: my friend.
0: Did you go to that restaurant to meet Fitzpatrick's family wearing your modified slutty elf costume? It was
3: Christmas.
0: Oh my god.
3: Whatever. I wasn't wearing the whole costume by the time I got there because I was without car at the time and the elf shoes were rubber and they got all shredded on the way to the restaurant so I just kind of peeled them off. And they made a place for me at the table and everything so I was just sitting there and listening to them talk while I had some of Fitzpatrick's father's drink. And his mom was just going on and on and on. She was Like They removed one breast, now I'm cancer free, blah, blah, blah. And finally I was like, can we talk about the fact that there's not more reindeer? And it was like I had really made them think about something. And that's when Fitzpatrick's father let me in on a very special secret. I can't wait. A reindeer is just a donkey that's been loved. I see. And that's when they did the most magical thing of all. They drove me to the zoo. And mm-hmm. I could tell how excited they all were because they were laughing the whole way there. Yeah,
0: L.A. has a zoo. Yeah, it's in Griffith Park. All right. Sorry. Go on. So
3: they drove me to the zoo and we got to where some donkeys were and they opened the car door and Fitzpatrick's father said, now Jordan Ampersand we will teach you how to make a reindeer anytime you want one. Oh my god. And they opened the gate to the pen and I walked in and I opened my arms big and wide and I said to the donkeys, I will love you until you are the reindeers of Christmas. And then what happened? Well, I woke up, and the doctors were all like, do you remember what happened? And blah, 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 blah. And I didn't say anything because I didn't want them to know the secret of reindeers. And then Fitzpatrick and his dad and some lawyer guy came in, and they were really weird. And I was like, you guys, relax. I'm not going to tell anyone the secret of reindeers. And then they were cool. And once they calmed down, I asked them, what did you guys do with all the reindeer I made? And they said they set them free so that little boys all over L.A. might have a chance to see a reindeer at Christmas. Isn't that beautiful? Why are you looking at me like that?
0: Is is that really where that story ends? Of
3: course it is. Jordan? No, it isn't. Okay, a few days later, I drove back to the zoo, and the donkeys were all still in the same place. So I waited a year until next Christmas, when I knew Fitzpatrick was already on the plane flying home to visit his family. And I called his father, and I told him Fitzpatrick likes getting peed on by Armenian guys. And I sent him the emails to prove it. Nicely played, young man. I thought you would have proved. Well,
0: I'm the meanie of
3: Christmas, after all. Yes, you are. I still believe, though. In what? Christmas? No, reindeer! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jordan Ampersand. Merry Christmas, Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: Each year, dozens more reality shows come on the air, and each year the premises get thinner and thinner. In just a few short years, we've gone from surviving in the jungle and identifying the truly talented to pest control and duck call manufacturers. This season, it's Dental Work with the Stars. Each week, a group of celebrity has-been contestants will each have a dental procedure. You'll endure endless discussions of the process. If we're gonna beat Hasselhoff, this tooth has to come out. Then, our intrusive cameras will take you into the operating theater to go where almost no one willingly wants to go anyway. No, no, please, God! Then it's up to you, America. Each week, You'll vote for the dental work that you think best exemplifies the incisors and bicuspids of the rich and famous. Sorry, Miss Anderson. America has spoken and you're going home. As we count down to the finalist and the winner of the Ryan Lochte-designed Golden Grill. Kate Hudson,
1: your full dentures took you over the top. You are the new dental damsel.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Join us on ABC, the network that destroyed two perfectly good scripted series by moving them around until no one could find them or watch them anymore for our latest soulless and short-sighted ratings ploy, Dental Work with the Stars.
2: Ah! Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Don't feed the hosts after midnight. Welcome back to a
0: very TDPS Christmas, coming to you live from the Grove Shopping Center in sunny Los Angeles, where your host, Jordan Ampersand, is making absolutely no progress at cheering up Puffy the Christmas Elf. However, his co-host, Natasha, looks positively radiant in her Moroccan-inspired...
3: following us around. We don't need any more announcing. I have the Oxycontin. Oh, fine. Stay close. Puffy, are we done yet? Are you still sad? I mean, can't all this just be fixed with a gym membership?
4: There are no gyms at the North Pole. The NSA won't allow it. What? I thought Christmas was a time when people were judged by what they have on the inside. When generosity and compassion were more important than abs and glutes.
3: Not elves. You need to be cute or else you're just scary.
4: You would know.
3: Totally never hosting with you again, Natasha.
4: Fine with me. I wish I could be scary. I wish I could scare the other elves out of making so much fun of me. Where they go anyway? They're
1: scared of Jordan.
3: Natasha and that.
1: Also, I sprayed them with mace.
3: Mace? That's so retro. I love it. You're back on my co host list. Thank you
1: guys for being so nice to me. I forgot what it feels like to have friends. Aw, Puffy, that's so sweet. We'll always be your friends.
3: Speak for yourself.
1: Jordan, maybe you can learn something from Puffy's gratitude. Maybe
3: Christmas doesn't always need to be about Learning. Well, it doesn't need to be about
1: dieting, either, but that's what you told Puffy. Hey, can you guys start calling me Puffy? That's not actually my real name.
3: What's your real name?
4: Snodlegren Aldernon of the Eventuck Throddins.
3: Yeah, we're gonna need to keep kind of a high gloss on this whole elf thing, or else it's just horrifying.
1: Unless there's, like, a cute abbreviation for Snodlegren. There isn't. I've tried.
4: Anyway... It's already a better Christmas than last year because I met you two. Oh,
1: that's so sweet. You see, Puffy, sometimes Christmas is about being right where you are and not obsessing about where you
0: expected to be.
3: Oh, my God. Do not tell me you're working that crazy relationship advice lady into this.
0: We'll return to the Grove shortly, hopefully, in another location that allows me to stare at Natasha's backside. But for now, Here's Jonelle Sams with a special Christmas report on the holiday blues.
1: It's time once again for the Dinner Party Show's Homemade Relationship Advice
0: with Jonelle Sams. Hi. This is Jonelle Sams with a special Christmas edition of Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, care of The Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page, or at jonelle at the Dinnerpartyshow.com. This week, I wanted to take time to talk about something few of us admit, but a lot of us feel at this time of year, the holiday blues. Christmas is just around the corner. From the moment the leftover Thanksgiving turkey goes in the Frigidaire... It's on. The stores are packed with shoppers and decorated up like New Orleans fancy ladies. The streets are lined with cheery lights. Seems like most every window on your street is aglow with tinsel-covered trees. Lawns are strewn with twinkly lights and elves and glow-in-the-dark candy canes and nativity scenes. Light up Santa and his sleigh and reindeer adorn many a roof. Christmas is just inescapable, and that can be a challenge. During the holiday season, if you're a single person or a shut-in or a member of a faith that does not celebrate Christmas, it's easy to believe that the world is just passing you by. And even if you're not on your own, you start looking at all those Tory-spelling Christmas movies on Lifetime and your living room can begin to look a little shabby. Or you see the family on the TJ Maxx commercial beaming at you and you think, Why don't I have a house full of photogenic children or quirky friends like those people in the Tommy Hilfiger ad? Why isn't my life filled with style and substance like the Ralph Lauren people? So, if you find yourself in the middle of the happiest season of all and you're feeling like you're inside doing homework on a snow day and all the other kids are outside in a snowball fight, you can't join in, take heart. I have a solution to your problems that is much easier than trying to get yourself a husband before Christmas Eve or wangle yourself up a bunch of skinny, velvet-clad Ralph Lauren types in time for Christmas dinner. You see, my husband Merle and I have been blissfully married for 22 years, but there have been times, I'm embarrassed to say, when I didn't see it that way. You see, Merle and I are lucky enough to be married to people who have full and busy lives. I have my ladies' groups and circle meetings, my arts and crafts, gourmet cooking, taxidermy, home decor, canning, and a whole host of other interests. Merle and his best friend Olson Lee Pugh were always off antiquing and directing in local theater projects and attending art openings, you know, man stuff. It was all well and good for the 13 years we were dating, but once we got married, I started to feel like Merle wasn't taking an interest in my many hobbies and activities. I started to look at other couples on the non-holiday Lifetime movies and just here around Poison Creek. The more I looked, the more it seemed like everyone else was always so happy doing stuff together, going on vacation at the same time and being in the same church groups. Why, I actually started to get jealous of Olson! Can you imagine? Then Olson's mamma got real sick and he went up over to Dry Prong to stay with her and help out for a while. Well sir, I got my wish. Olson's mama was slow to mend, and Merle was here all the time. He took over circle meeting, started a whole houseful of home decor projects that made my efforts look pale, about ran me out of my own kitchen, got the upper hand on canning and my crafts work till about all I had left was my taxidermy, and I think he'd have crowded me right out of my tanning shed if Mrs. Lee Pugh hadn't taken a turn for the worse and died." Of course, Merle had to go be with Olsen and help him through the funeral and settling Miss Lee Pugh's affairs, but in the end, it was me that got my affairs settled. You see, I realized that the only thing that was wrong with my marriage was my attitude. I was comparing what I had to other people and feeling sorry for myself because Merle had so many outside interests in man stuff. I had failed to take note of all the freedom being married to Merle allowed me. After Miss Lee Pugh's funeral, Merle took Olson on a little cheer-up theater trip to New York in some artist colony called Provincetown further up the East Coast somewhere. By the time they got back, I was back to being on my own most of the time and Merle and Olson fell back into their old routines as well. I swan, those two are more like an old married couple than Merle and me. To be fair, they've been together longer, since before high school, I think. So, if you're comparing your Christmas to some fancy one you saw in Parade Magazine or in a Tory Spelling holiday romance movie and feeling like you've missed out, what you're really missing is the chance to be thankful for what you already have. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with homemade relationship advice, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or what have you.
1: If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to Jonelle at
0: TheDinnerPartyShow.com. If all else fails, help someone who's worse off than you. It's tough to feel bad about that any time of year, and your life will look a lot better by comparison. Well, that
3: was crap.
0: Jordan,
3: I thought Jonelle's message was beautiful. You would, you're just as deluded as she is. You go around acting like you're this big celebrity stylist when you really make all your money off a webcam. Jordan! Please
4: don't fight, guys.
3: It's Christmas. It's no use, Puffy the Christmas elf. The truth hurts. Also, it's boring. Also, the truth is only what others think it is. So if you really want to stop feeling bad about how you look this Christmas season, take a hint from these two guys, Brock and Bastion. Like all fabulous people the world over, they know that the truth is only what other people think it is when they look at you.
0: And now, with their classic report on how to entertain during the holidays... Shut and-
3: up, announcer! I've got this!
0: Fine. Can you ask Natasha to move a little to the right so I can see more Just of her... Just
3: go to her webcam, okay? Here they are with a very special edition of Etiquette 9069. Brock and Bastion on Holiday Entertaining. I wonder if they know they're my idols. They
1: do. It's why they never call.
0: And now it's time for Etiquette 90069 with Brock and Bastion, West Hollywood's most perfect gay couple. Tonight's entry, Holiday Entertaining. Hi, we're Brock and Bastion. And I'm Bastion. I already said that. I don't see how that's possible.
1: I (laughs) too. We're here
0: tonight to steer the dinner party show away from the ledge of social oblivion.
1: And how will we do that, you ask? By being
0: here. (laughs) Everyone
1: who's anyone... That's us. ...says
0: we're West Hollywood's most perfect couple. That's what we always say. And tonight we're going to take you inside the Glass Palace. At the very pinnacle of the pretense
1: hills looking down on the city we call home. West Hollywood. At this special holiday time of year, we want to share our secrets for successful holiday
0: entertaining. First, cover the house and those little white twinkling lights. I know, I know it seems like a lot of trouble, but a few well-chosen, plain friends. Facially challenged. Okay, invite a few people who can't believe someone like you would be friends with someone like them. And trust us, no matter how ordinary
1: you are, there's always someone less fabulous. <laughs> air, air quotes, quotes than you, you are.
0: <laughs> Not everyone can be as fabulous as us. Right? Anyways, get the the uggies to work on the decorations and put your token girlfriends to work in the kitchen.
1: We saved enough on catering and decorators this year to afford a first-class suite on the orgy deck of the raging queen.
0: Flagship of rough trade winds, all-gay cruise lines. All-gay, all-night. Meanwhile, back at the top of pretense Hill, Fill your glass palace with the hottest people you can find. hot-hot. Looking. Hot-rich and hot-payments.
1: I know this seems obvious, but some 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 people make the mistake of thinking that the holidays are about real connections with true friends and family. And to both of you we say... Where do you think we are, Ohio? (laughs) Flyovers.
0: Be nice, their money spends just like everyone else's. And that brings us to our most important holiday party tip, make it an... Air quotes benefit.
1: Nothing fills your house with hotties and makes people think you're fabulous more than if you turn every single private party for every event of your whole entire life into a benefit. That and gift bags. Totally. It's the perfect
0: way to get rid of all those crappy hotel room products you've stolen. The bad gifts you've gotten. Stench or just CDs, and DVDs. And tragic old gift bags from less than
1: fab parties you've been forced to attend.
0: Careful with that one, you don't want to give a guest the stench gift bag they unloaded on you. Like they could remember. <laughs> the smell. <clears throat> but the most important reason for making your party a benefit is the wonderful work you can do with the money to help the children. <laughs>
1: In your wildest Kidding
0: No The most important reason To make your party a benefit <laughs> Liquor Sponsor!
1: Getting the bar A. Loaded and 2. Paid for can help keep you in thousand dollar skinny jeans. And glass palaces. So the secret to successful holiday entertaining is to get other people to do all the work and pay for everything because no matter what you may have heard, It's it's much much better better to to receive than it is to give. give. Also, small things come in small packages. Merry Christmas from Brock and Bastion. I'm Bastion.
0: Said that. And Happy New Year. Air
1: quotes.
2: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. We'll be the judge of that. And now we return to the Grove Shopping Center in sunny Los
0: Angeles, California where I certainly hope a very TDPs Christmas is winding to a close because my Oxycontin is wearing off and my patience for your host, Jordan Ampersand, is coming to an end. All
3: right, Puffy the Christmas Elf, have we taught you anything that will help you stop crying because you're bigger than the other elves?
4: I haven't been crying for a while now, so I guess so. Honestly, the best thing you guys did for me was just showing up and spending time with me and listening to me talk about my feelings. I guess that's what everybody should do during the holidays for people they care about.
3: Oh, uh, that's so... Natasha, stop being so difficult. Okay, look, Puffy, before we go, I need to tell you something, and I'm only telling you this because you're cute and you're sweet and you make me have feelings that make me feel weird and uncomfortable because they are feelings about how other people feel.
4: Um, okay.
3: Okay. Maybe the reason you stress eat around the holidays is because you're basically used as slave labor by a costumed madman who pushes you to the brink of your physical and emotional limits so you can mass produce meaningless crap for people who don't really deserve it. And if you manage to break free of this situation... You might feel better about yourself, and you wouldn't use food to numb your uncomfortable feelings. Oh my god, what's happened to Jordan? A year with Eric Shaw Quinn, that's what. Anyway, Puffy, I don't talk like this very often, so I kind of need for you to respond here, or else it's going to feel like one of those I'm naked in public dreams, only without the gangbang at the end.
4: Oh, okay. I mean, maybe that's it. Or, or maybe I come from a family with a genetic predisposition towards weight gain, and there's really nothing I can do about it, so I'll pretend that stress-eating is the real cause even though it isn't because it gives me the illusion of control in an area of my life where I'm actually pretty powerless. <laughs> Maybe the real solution for me is to spend time with people who don't judge me for how I look on the outside and stop worrying about those people who well, do Well,
3: either way, it sounds like you have to leave the North Pole.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen.
3: Why not,
4: Puffy? Well, Natasha... Let's just say, the North Pole is not what you think it is, and if I told you what it really was, the NSA would probably have us all killed. Ah.
3: Okay, that's enough then. This has been a very TDPs Christmas, and I've been your host, Jordan Ambersand. We'd like to thank you for joining us today, even though our new friend, puppy, the Christmas Elf, wasn't on the schedule and cried really loudly for most of it. The last time we saw Fitzpatrick, he was eating out of one of those snow machines, and not really... Jordan, on. what are all those
0: noises? Those are the Restless Leg Dancers, and apparently, they've been... Locked inside a utility truck over in the ballet parking driveway. But it hasn't stopped them from performing. Nothing stops the restless
3: leg dancers. Except for me, Fitzpatrick, and a welding torch. A welding torch? Go home, announcer. I've got this. God. So to all of you out there who are listening to this show because you're injured or too stoned to get out of bed or your best friend is a gay nerd and he has a car and you don't, Everyone here at the Dinner Party Show wishes you a Merry Christmas, a happy whatever Jews are doing right now, and a happy black holiday no one talks about, especially black people. I'm Jordan Ampersand.
1: And I'm... Natasha,
3: and I can't take it anymore. Good night, everyone. Say good night, Puffy.
1: <laughs> good night, Puffy. <laughs>
0: i